Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. All right, I'm so excited to be doing this for the camera. I will move myself right here. Yes, my name is Isaiah Kennard, and I am the youth intern here at Antioch Fort Worth. I'm so happy to be here. And before I go any further, I have to show you my beautiful wife, Lauren Kennard. I know it's going to come up on the screen. It's going to cover up my face, and that's okay because you need to see her pretty face. Look at her. She is beautiful right there. Lauren and I have known each other since we were six years old. Being married to her is one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given to me. I love her. I love you, babe. I love her. And I'm currently a graduate student at Southwestern. It'll be two years in the fall since we started coming to Antioch, Fort Worth, and we're so happy to be here. One of the things that Lauren and I value in ministry is diversity and unity. I know those words don't seem to go together, but we believe that Jesus had the same mission. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Jesus called us citizens of heaven, and we still live on earth. So so Lauren and I believe that we're also called to live and minister from the tension. We've been called bridge builders for a very, very long time in our lives. And the thing about a bridge, you need compression and you need tension. If you don't have those two things, the bridge doesn't work. So we need to be able to be allowed to be that. And me and Lauren have had to walk in that and cry through that and, and, and be okay with that. And I'm just so happy to share that truth with you guys. And I just need to say one thing. I go to church here and I'm so happy about it. Yes, yes, I'm so happy to... I. Micah didn't just call somebody from down the street and told him to come. He, 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 he texted me and he said, hey, you're the youth, youth intern, but you're also going to come preach. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I should do that, but, you know, it's okay. So shout out to everybody in the youth that's watching this right now. I love you guys. You guys see me every week, and I'm just so happy to be standing on your TV. Mom, I made it to TV. This is so, it's so, it's so fantastic. Uh, but I also want to say one more thing before I jump in is that, I love the people here, and we're all in a wilderness season right now. From COVID-19 to to racism, this is a really different place as a nation. There's parts of people who've been experiencing this for a very long time, but then there's people who are experiencing this for the very, very first time. And we're all in this wilderness together. So can I give you an encouragement Psalm 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The thing about a lamp is that it doesn't just brighten up the whole room. It just shows you the next few steps to take. So if you're wondering what do I need to do, go to God. Go to God's word. Go to prayer like Lindy was talking about earlier. Go to God because he'll show you the next step. And I'm so happy that I get to share God's word with you right now, because Jesus was before you. He's leading you, and he's with you through it, and he's going to be right after. So Jesus is here. Take heart. Be excited. And here we go. You guys ready to jump in? Let's jump in. So here is the map of what we're going to do. I'm going to hit the story of the church at Antioch. Did you know that our church has, like, our church is in the Bible? A lot of churches can't say that, (laughs) but literally, 
Our church is in the Bible. The church at Antioch is literally in Acts 11, 19 through 13. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and pick that up. Uh, I have one right here. I forgot my real one at home, but that's okay. Um, so we, Acts 11, 19 through 30. And our name comes from a church in Antioch. And so we can look at this story and we can look at, you know, what does the church of Antioch look like in the Bible? And then what can we learn from that? So that's going to be the roadmap. I'm going to tell the story and hit little parts along the way. And then I'll tell some application towards the end. But let's, before we get into it, let's start off with prayer because that's what we do in church. Here we go. Lord, you are so good. There's nothing greater than you. There's nothing bigger than you. There's nothing that has more authority than you. There's nothing that we can give allegiance to but you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for calming me, for calming us in this time of wilderness and storm. And just thank you that you've been so good for so long. Before we were born, you were good. Even in tough times, you're good. So thank you that we can understand that and lean upon that revelation of who you are in this tough time. We love you, and and we're so excited that you have given us a way to be in your family, Lord. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, the church said amen. 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 Okay, Acts eleven nineteen. I gave you enough time to get to it. Let's start. Here we go. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, and they spoke the word to no one except the Jews. I have to hit a quick pause right here, and we've already been talking about it this morning, talking about being scattered, but here is the main thing about the church in Antioch. It is the newsworthy church in Antioch was compromised with united disciples that not only believe but practice the truth of Jesus Christ. That's what we're stepping into. Let me say that one more time. This is going to be a newsworthy church in Antioch that's comprised with united disciples that not only believed but practiced the truth of Jesus. So why are they in Antioch anyway? Because of scatteredness, because of persecution. And persecution is not a good thing, but God can work out the bad into good. The Jews don't know what's going to happen to them, but we have the whole story written down, and we get the pleasure to see that everything's going to work out. And again, nobody chooses persecution. I'm not, don't, don't hear me out here that, like, that this is something that, that people are just choosing to do, but normally persecution tends to scatter us. And physically, we're all scattered right now. We're not in this room. We can't be together right now because of COVID-19. And it's sometimes scary. You sometimes feel like you're on an island. And if you feel isolated right now, I want to encourage you to say, don't step back. Don't let the enemy put you on an island of your own mind. You need to keep coming into community. You know, what's funny about the people were scattered. It wasn't The people became scattered, but then they made a community out of the scatteredness. So we have to be able to understand that being alone and being isolated, that's never an option for us. Even if we're being scattered and pushed in different directions, we have to be together because that is where we find our hope and joy in Jesus. 
Jesus gave the church for a very specific reason, and it's to bring life and hope inside of us that we can give inside of the whole world. And I understand Zoom, life group, it's not the best. I get it. I understand. The fatigue is there, but we need each other in this scattered season. I need to move on. I I do, I know. But I want to encourage you at the beginning of this message, what you're going through right now in this valley, keep your eyes on the good shepherd and he'll lead you out. All right, back to the story. Okay, here we go. But among them were some men of Cyprus and Sion who, on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists also, proclaiming the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number became believers and turned to the Lord. News of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast devotion, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a, and a great many people were brought to the Lord. And so do you notice what causes the leaders in Jerusalem to send Barnabas? In the context of Acts, I truly believe it was not merely the number of people that were coming to Christ, but the type of people that were coming to Christ. If you, if you think about what just happened earlier in this passage, Graydon Jones, my best friend, he, uh, he preached on this last week and he said that the Gentiles had a deep revelation that God was even given to the Gentiles and that the grace of Jesus Christ extends to the other person. And now Antioch is going to be living proof of that revelation. Also in the city of Antioch, if you didn't know this, there was a dividing wall that divided the different groups of people based on ethnicity. If you need to have like a mental picture of that, Google the city of Chicago and the surrounding little towns around there. If you look at the city of Chicago, there is there's a lot of just white people on the outskirts. And then there is a Hispanic community and then there's a black community. It is not mixed at all. It is one of the craziest things if you look at it demographically. It's, you literally can draw a line around where do the races start and where the races end. That was like the city of Antioch. So it's huge that the Jews and the Gentiles are coming together in this city. That would have never happened. So that's a miracle in and of itself, is that the Jews and the Gentiles are coming together. So this means that different people coming together under the name of Jesus Christ was extremely radical in the city of Antioch. And, you know, they valued each other. They needed each other. The best way to understand that is know that, like, we are in this together and believe it and practice it. God did not create us all for the same reason. So the goal should not to be the same, but to be united underneath the same purpose. Me and Lauren are not the same. Praise God. Me and Lauren are not the same. I wouldn't want to be married to me. I, you know, I just, I just wouldn't want to be that. We think different. We grew up differently, but we are united in the purpose of our marriage, which is to love, support, and serve each other for the glory of God. We understand the purpose of our marriage is this, and the same is for the church. We need to understand the purpose as a church. And if we keep the purpose in front of us, it becomes easier to value the differences. And the purpose of Antioch here, Antioch, Fort Worth, we want to see life-changing encounters with Jesus that in turn multiplies into new disciples, new life groups, new congregations for the glory of God and the good for all people. That's our purpose. 
That's what we've been called to do. If you are thinking differently about who you are, we can all submit underneath that same purpose and we can be together throughout all this. So the church in Antioch has learned the truth of looking past their labels of each other. But now we, the same way that you had those practice problems in the back of your math book and you had to work those out and that wasn't that serious, but then, you know, you had to do the test two weeks later. Here comes the real test of the church of Antioch. If you, here we go. Just, just check this out. This is awesome. Then Barnabas went to Tarshish to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Let, let me say that one more time. Then Barnabas went to Tarshish to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Okay, um, so Saul. In this story, Saul is not the good person. The reason that they're persecuted anyway is because of the stoning of Stephen. And for all you Bible scholars out there, who was involved with the stoning of Stephen? Saul was. So the church in Antioch is not only having to worship with Jews and Gentiles, which are not probably super comfortable with doing, but now they have to accept a leader that was the reason why they're in persecution anyway? Woo, man, that has to be hard. So it was for an entire year, an entire year they met with the church. It's, it's evidence that, you know, I, I just can't believe it. The church of Antioch accepted Saul. That's crazy. And this is why cancel culture can't be kingdom culture. And if you don't know what cancel culture is, that means you're probably, you know, on these more seasoned side of life. And if you don't know what cancel culture is, and that's okay, um, it's basically a group of online shaming. And shame is not from God, let me tell you that. We believe in conviction, but we do not believe in condemnation. Jesus never condemned people. He pointed out sin, and he said, go and sin no more. And that might make us really, really uncomfortable with this tension of truth and grace. You have to have that tension together of truth and grace. No one's saying that what Saul did was a good thing. What he did was wrong, and he had a radical belief and radical experience of Jesus. And so we, the people of God had to extend grace to say, brother, I know what you did was wrong, but I'm letting you come in. So the kingdom of God cannot be this cancel culture thing that we got going on right now in, in America. And it, it's scary and it's just, it's not of God. I, and it, it just doesn't work. So that he stays there for a year and The story just keeps getting better and better. So for an entire year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. The The interesting thing about the name Christian is that people in the church in Antioch did not pick that name. The Christian name came from the people in that city because this was a new group of people that defied the natural labels that were put on them. So in other words, it was a derogatory term. We, we, we put the banner of Christian on us and we say, you know, hey, I'm a Christian, but do you know what that means? That means that I don't, like, I don't align myself with anything above Christ. That's what that means. So the Jews that were coming to Christ were claiming that Jesus was the risen Messiah, so they were not counted in the fold of the Jewish people anymore. You couldn't say in a Jewish family that Jesus is the Messiah and then just to go sit at the table. It just didn't work. You couldn't do it. 
And calling someone a Gentile back then, this is what we are, would be like, it's a different connotation. It meant that the Gentile was allegiant to his or her, his or her nation above anything else. It's like calling us an, an American. That's what we all are in this room. So before you call yourself an American, if you're in the body of Christ, you got to say you're a Christian first. So that means I have a rule and standard of things that I have to do above what the American law says is legal or not legal to do. And that can rub some people the wrong way, but that's okay. It's okay. We can embrace that tension and that awkwardness together as a community. And what did this new community do? They devoted themselves to the teaching. They fellowship with each other. They broke bread together. They prayed together. I know it sounds like that I came up with those amazing things, but I didn't. The Bible did. It's Acts 2.42. We say it all the time here that they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. They fellowship with each other. They broke bread and they prayed for each other. And all these people came to the, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it was amazing because it wasn't just a confession that made them different in Antioch. It was the people that they were associated with. They abandoned their reputation for the sake of believing and living out the gospel. Some had to leave their heritage. Some had to leave their culture, their ideology, their politics, their pre presupposition, their prejudices. They had to leave them to come be in, with Jesus. That's amazing. And so the year is up at the church in Antioch, and it gets a message. At that time, Verse 27, at that time, the prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and predicted by the Spirit that there would be a severe famine all over the world. And this took place during the reign of Claudius. The disciples determined that according to their ability, each would send relief to the believers living in Judea. This they did, sending it to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. There are Christians, people in need. In Judea. And the Christians in Antioch decide to give in accordance to their ability. New Testament giving is generous, sacrificial, free-willed, and connected to a purpose. It is amazing that these believers in Antioch are giving to a people that they haven't met personally while they're going through a famine in and of themselves. Isn't that crazy to think about? It's not that they knew these people. It's not like Billy knew Bob. It's just like who lived in Judea they didn't know each other at all. And they were going through a famine themselves. How amazing is that, that they've been transformed so much by the power of the Spirit in that year that a prophet comes in and says, people need help, and they stand up and they say, we are going to help them. That is amazing. It is amazing, and that is true biblical giving. And this is an example of their maturity in Christ they not only learn good theology, but they've learned how to live out that theology. That's good stuff. It's good stuff. So to recap, they sat underneath a man of encouragement and an ex-terrorist while being in a mixed community while everyone out in the city called them a derogatory term Christian and learned how to walk out their faith and gave to a group of people that they never met. That seems like a, that seems like a crazy story. And it is <laughs> because Jesus don't do natural things. He's, he's a supernatural God. He does miracles. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. We talk about we want miracles in the church. Listen, we are a miracle sitting right here. 
It's a miracle that, that Americans can be saved, that we don't have to be part of a, just a specific nation anymore. We are walking, talking, breathing, miracles, sitting right here in this room and sitting right here at home. We are a miracle. And it's amazing. So we have a few lessons that we can learn from the church of Antioch. Number one, if you're taking notes, this is the part to take notes. Here we go. We need to learn to have a high value on differences. We have to understand the truth that there are so many riches when our differences come together. We need to value black people, white people, Asian people, Hispanic people, rich people, poor people. Wherever you may fall, we have inherent value because we were made in his image. I want to keep talking about people. So we need to value men and women. We need to value the old and the young. We need to value those who lean Democrat and those who lean Republican. Oh, Lord. We need to value those who grew up in church and those who did not grow up in church. And the way to value them, woo, the way to value them is to eat with them, to fellowship with them, to pray for them, to go to church with them. Mmm, yes, Lord. Uh, he calls us to do some things that might be a little bit uncomfortable, but that's okay. It's okay. It's okay. All right, second, second thing, second thing. We learned that being a Christian means we don't choose our reputation over the community and the truth of Jesus. Let me say that one more time. We learned that being a Christian means that we don't choose our reputation over the community and the truth of Jesus the Jews had to leave their idea of being born in the right way. You thought about that? For years and years and years and years and years, they're told that this is the right way to do it. Then some Nazarene jumps on the scene and he's just like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redeem all of it. And they had to say, okay. And that's, hard to do. That's hard to do. So that means sometimes we have to find less identity in our heritage and more identity in Christ. Oh, so that means you might have to forgive some people. That means that you might have to look at some people that look like people that abuse your ancestors in the back and say, you know what, you're going to be my family right now. That's good. And so the, and the Gentiles had to leave their nation's culture. Sometimes we have to abandon the culture labels that we might be tempted to find solace in. You know, that group of people that think like you and they might, you know, kind of vote like you, but they don't love people very well. We got to be okay. We got to be okay with saying, you know what, I, I have to take a step back from that a little bit. I have, might have to be the awkward person at Thanksgiving. I might have to be the one that says, you know what? Not all people think like that. Not all people on that side believe like that. And I can't join in. And it's going to be tension. Tension. It happens. It's going to happen. And we learn that being a Nathan people is one of the family traits of the family of God. If you go look at the Kennard family, in Mississippi and Chicago. Is that right, Dad? All right. So my dad's in the room. I love him. Um, so 
if you go look at the Kennard family, they all had the same nose. Let me tell you. We all got the same nose. You walk into a family reunion, you're like, ooh, y'all are related. Because you, t- you, you can see on their face. And so generosity, we have the same nose as believers. We got to have the same nose. It's a family trait. There, it, it, there is no like, you know, kind of generous, not really. No, we are generous people. That's our family trait. That's who we are. Again, I don't believe in this, you know, you need to do a certain amount or throw that out of here. That's not what this is. It's free will. It's sacrificial. They just know that this is what to do. Don't worry about the number and the percentage so much. Is your heart in it? That's what matters. That's what matters. You could give a million dollars, but it might not mean nothing to you. And that's not what God wants. He wants your heart. That's what he wants. So (laughs) get that idea out of here. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being generous people. And we could do that, all of us, at some level. And it might not look like everybody else. But again, name of the message, value the differences. So it's okay. All right. And so I have a few questions to leave you on. And then, you know, we're going to go home. Here we go. So, or stay home, if that's where you are. Um, So life group questions. Here we go. I want you to take this into your life groups this week. How can we value the differences in our community? The gender, the ideology, mask or no mask, you know? How can we value the differences in our community? Two, in what ways do you think that you need to lay down your reputation to love others? I heard a mmm in the room. I need to say it again. In what ways do you think that you need to lay down your reputation to love other people? And three, how can I practice being a Nathan people in this season of scatteredness? How can we do it? The Holy Spirit will lead us to do it. And listen, I love the church, the Big C Church. I love Antioch, Fort Worth. It's hard right now, really hard for a lot of people. And I don't want you to take what I'm I'm saying and say that, you know, Isaiah's just, he doesn't care. I, I care a lot, a ton. This affects me and you, affects everybody. But the church, the church is, is a place where Jesus is higher than anything else. Men and women are equally valued. Racism, that's dead in the church. The isolated find community. The sick, they're healed. The broken are restored. The young take care of the old, and the old mentor the young. The poor receive financial support, and the gospel is spread from house to house. So my purpose coming up here is to say, you have it inside of you. Now live it out. You have it on the inside of you. So now live it out. We, we come from a place called Antioch. It's not a coincidence that we're named Antioch. We should be the people that are stepping out forward and saying, you know, the name's on the building, so I'm going to be this way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna t- gonna to walk this out. And it's amazing when we do. 
It's amazing when we do. This church is in the Bible forever, written down, newsworthy, however you want to put it. They're not forgotten. And the people of God, we, we won't be forgotten if we are walking and talking and living the way Jesus tells us to live. So don't lose heart. Look to Jesus. If you talk online about this message and the only thing you learned was look to Jesus, then I'm happy because look to Jesus. He's going to get you there. He's going to get you there. I love him so much because it's just so true. We have to look to Jesus. We are the church. We are. And we're going to live it out. So let's just pray, Lord, just thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for showing us through the story of Antioch that we can be different. We can leave those labels that are put onto us and follow underneath the label of Jesus. And we could be a Nathan people even in a season of scatteredness. We love you, God. And we need you. Lord, I, I pray for anybody who's in the sound of my voice. If we have lost that, we've, we've been lost, Lord, in this wilderness. And we think we could get out of it ourselves. Or we think that we could vote somebody in to get out of ourselves. We repent of that, Lord, and we turn back to you. We say that only you, only you, Lord Jesus. Jesus is all. That's what he is. That's who you are, Lord. So we just thank you that we are opening up our hearts to that truth again. That we could be in a, in a, in a strange foreign land and we can value the differences. We can it's going to cause some tension. It's going to cause some compression, but that's okay because that is a part of the, the molding and the tuning of our hearts to be more like you, Lord. So on the other side of this walk through wilderness, we know we're going to look more like you, Lord Jesus, afterwards. And that's a greater value than anything else. Looking like you, Lord Jesus, is better than anything else that we could ever do or achieve or imagine. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, giving your Holy Spirit to us, that we could walk in this now. We could be a part, these Gentiles in America, that we could be a part, Lord. We thank you. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys. Enjoy your day. Be blessed. Eat leftovers. I know you probably got some. And, and just know that Jesus is all. He's the king. He's the Lord. And we're his body. We're his church. We're not left alone. The head is there. He's with us through this time. So please go and be at peace. We love y'all. Have a great day.